Turn please to Luke, the fourth chapter this morning. Luke chapter 4. We've been on a series for some uh, weeks now that we're calling The Word of Power. The Word of Power. We've already covered a lot of ground, so if you haven't been with us, and as we get into this and you think, well, you, it appeals to you, it ministers to you, go online and get the previous messages. won't cost you anything. Watch them, listen to them, download them, whatever. I was up in uh, Milwaukee a while back and uh, checking into the hotel, and this lady was checking in beside me, and, and uh, I know she glanced over at me, and then she went back, and then she just turned and looked at me. She said, ah, Brother Keith, I've got you in my purse. I've got you in my purse. <laughs> That's good, yeah. So she had me on her phone, I think it was, in her purse, and uh, thank God that we can be preaching all over the place. Did you hear about what's uh, Newfoundland and Nigeria? And aren't we thankful for that? I mean, previous generations have not had these tools. So the word is going out. And uh, there are previous messages to this, and you can get them. Uh, All it'll take is uh, some of your time. But we've been seeing uh, the, the series that preceded this one, was called Faith in the Power. And now we're talking about how that power is released. How, what causes it to manifest. And we see Jesus walked in power. Not just empty talk. And not just talk only. But there were manifestations of power. Healings deliverances, miracles, people raised from the dead. Everybody say power. 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 This is not just thinking. This is divine energy, divine life and power that changes situations, material situations, that human beings cannot change. Power. And so we decided in the last series, we have faith in the power. We believe in the power. Because it talks about a whole group of religious people in the last days that would have a form of godliness, but they would do what? Deny Deny the power. What does that mean? The power bothers them. They don't want to be around any manifestations of the power. They just want to be religious. We don't want to be like that. I said, we don't want to be like that. We believe in the power. We want power manifestations in our life and around us. And God has never changed. He has never changed. So what is the connection between the power and its release, the power and its manifestation? Well, in uh, Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 22 Luke 4.22, it says, They all bear him witness, Jesus, that is, and they wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. His words caused them to wonder. Then in verse 32 of the same chapter, it said, And they were astonished at his doctrine. Now this is a, a very strong word. 
It didn't just say they were intrigued. It didn't just say it caught their attention. They were what? Astonished, Astonished means your mouth is hanging open. And you're just going, whoa. At what? At his teaching, for his word was with power. When he spoke, you'd feel like he'd knock you off the chair sometime. And sometimes it would. <laughs> what do you mean? Do you remember when they actually came to get Jesus? Remember when they came to get him? And he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus. What did he say? I am. What happened? Man, they all, they all hit the ground. They all fell back on themselves. That is a powerful word. Somebody say his word, his word. Was, with power. was with power. Now, this shouldn't be astounding to us if we know a little bit, a little bit about God, a little bit about the word, because the scripture tells us that the very planets themselves have come into existence by the word of his power. And that even at this present moment, the scripture said, all things are upheld by the word of his power. What does that mean? What keeps the sun burning? What keeps gravity working? What keeps your heart beating and your brain synapses firing? Do not give the credit to Mother Nature. No such thing as Mother Nature. There's nature. Where did nature come from? It came from God. And, and even though nature is in a fallen, twisted state because of curse and sin, you can still see amazing things. Won't it be wonderful when we see it restored? Everything the way God originally created it. I'm looking forward to it. Are you? And weather, we're going to have some good weather. It'll be no more too hot too cold, no more earthquakes, no more tsunamis, no more tornadoes. Somebody said, why would you say that? Because all of that's the result of the fall. No more. No more hurricanes. No more. Why? The Bible tells us in Romans 8 that right now the earth is groaning and travailing. The planet itself is groaning. Why? It's been affected by the curse and sin, and it's actually dying. And when people talk about saving the planet, this planet will not be saved, ultimately. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, wherein is no curse. Hallelujah! And you and I are going to get to experience these things. Are you excited about it at all? And you want to tell everybody you can to take them with you. Everybody you can. Invite people to church. Invite people to talk about these things. Invite people. Be open. Make an acquaintance. Make a friend. Make a convert. Make a disciple. You first start out just just making a friend. Just, Just showing that you care about somebody. You care about their life. But God's put a lot in you is what I'm saying. He's put a lot in you. He wants a return on investment. Let, 
Let it come out. He wants to use some of what he's put in you to help put it in somebody else. Every good thing the Lord gives you is ultimately for you to give away and help somebody else as well. We're not stingy with the goodness of God. We share. He sa- it says they were astonished at his word, for his word was with power. And uh, there was a wrong spirit that was there in the synagogue. And verse 35, Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold your peace. Or we might say, be quiet, shut up, and come out of him. Verse 36, they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So we know there were power manifestations in the life and ministry of Jesus. You see them. We're reading about them. We're talking about them. How were they manifested? Primarily when he spoke. Can you see this church? It was when he spoke. That's when the power manifested. That's not a coincidence that it happened at the same time he spoke. The speaking of the words was what caused the manifestation. It goes on to say in the same chapter. It says, uh, verse 38 He rose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. They besought him for her. And Jesus stood over her and he did what? So they asked him to minister to their relative, Peter's mother-in-law. And so he goes in there where she is and she's laid out delirious, I suppose, with fever in a bad way. He stood over her. And what did he do? He rebuked the fever or he spoke to the fever. Is this prayer? This is not prayer. He's not talking to the father about this. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not talking to anybody else in the house. Who's he talking to? A fever. Now, most church-going people don't think like this. Most church-going people, if they said, man, I've been running a high fever, is the usual response from their fellow church-goers to say, well, have you spoken to it? No. No. But that's because people have gotten so far away from the Word. And, And the Word has been replaced by religious tradition. The traditions of men have made the word of God of none effect. Very dangerous thing. But you and I can get back to the word. I said we can get back to the word and get back to some results. Get back to some power manifestations in our life. I know years ago when I read that and it dawned on me, I realized it said he rebuked the fever. And I thought, whoa, 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 whoa now. He's not praying. He's not asking the Father to do something here. He's not even talking to the Father. He's not even talking to this woman. He's talking to a fever. A fever. And I thought, can a fever hear? And I read the next phrase. And it left her. And I thought, yep. 
<laughs> fevers can hear. And if fevers can hear, tumors can hear. If fevers can hear, cancer can hear. If fevers can hear, AIDS can hear. If fever can hear, COVID can hear. If fever can hear, your immune system can hear. Our words are so vital, so important. We talked about last week how the scripture said life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I gave an example of how I had said some things that were opening up problems for me. And I didn't realize it back years ago. And nobody has arrived at perfect confession yet. (laughs) And so you want to keep a watch over the door of your lips. Why? Because you don't want to give the enemy anything he can work with against you in your life. And you do want to give the Holy Spirit and the holy angels free access. Right? To work in your life. Everybody said out loud, Lord, Lord, set a watch at the door of my mouth and alert me to anything I should not be saying and all that I should be saying. Hallelujah. All right. Well, don't be surprised if like those guys that Tom read the testimony, you may be down to 50% of your normal speaking. But for real, this needs to happen till we get it sorted. <laughs> Go with me, if you would, please, to a, a Luke 9. We're there in, in Luke 4. Just over to Luke 9. And look at Luke 9, uh, 51, I believe it is. 951. 9:51. it came to pass when the time was come that he, Jesus, should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And sent messengers before his face, and they, they went and entered into the village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? Now, why in the world would they say that? Why would they say that? Well, certainly this is in the Old Testament and Elijah spoke and fire came down and consumed those 50 and then another 50. But notice the word they used, wilt thou that we what? Command. Is this prayer? They're not talking about praying anything. Lord, you want us to command fire to come down from Do they believe in the power of God? Why do they think this way? Why? Because they live with Jesus. They travel with Jesus. And he speaks to trees. He speaks to fevers. He speaks to wind and waves. He speaks to wrong spirits and shuts them down. He speaks to the dead. And they raise. Is that right? They've seen it. They've experienced it over and over again. And it has gotten into them to where they fully believe they can do it. And not only do they believe that they can do it. If you read this in the next chapter, it talks about that he he authorized. 
his, uh, the 12, and then also the 70, and he sent them out. And they had authority over every unclean spirit to cast them out, and they had authority over every disease and every sickness, so they are walking in this. So it's not a stretch to go from there to calling a little fire down. Now see, this sounds fantastical to most church-going people. They're like, are you kidding me? I mean, that's fantasy. No, it's Bible. I said it's Bible. But what I want to draw your attention to is how were they going to do it? Command it. Everybody say command. Do you see the word? They said, do you want us to what? Command fire to come down from heaven. Here is where much of the church is falling short. They are doing no commanding. None. (laughs) None. Religion makes people beggars. The authority of the name of Jesus will make you a commander. One who commands. Jesus commanded that fever to leave. And it did. That wasn't prayer. Go with me to Mark the uh, 11th chapter. This is a passage that some of you are familiar with. The great faith passage. Mark 11, 22 and 23 and 24. But uh, notice A a big distinction is made here. Mark 11. The setting is. That Jesus had spoken to a fig tree. And he had commanded it. And said. No man eat fruit of you. Hereafter forever. That's not a request. (laughs) Y'all with me? That's not a request. It's a command. And so the next day when they came by and saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, they were amazed. And they said, look, Lord, look, that tree you spoke to, it's dried up. And he takes that as an opportunity to teach them and tells them they can do it too. In fact, you got your place there in Mark? Hold that. Go back to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, which is Matthew's account of the same happening. Matthew 21, 20. The disciples saw it and they marveled and said, How soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say to you, If you have faith and doubt not, You shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree. Stop right here. Is he telling them they could do that? Yes. Yes. And this is such a big deal. Many church going people, when you say that Jesus spoke and power was released, they, they believe that. They'll receive that, but they immediately say, yeah, but that's Jesus. Implying he could do that, nobody else. But it's not true. The 12 did it. The 70 did it. You see it continuing through the book of Acts. Is that right? 
with pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets and lay people. And there's record of it continuing to happen through every generation right up to today. So it's not true that Jesus was the only one that did it. He said others could do it. Are we reading this? If you have faith, because they're marveling about him speaking to that fig tree and it drying up. And he said, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you will say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Is he talking about making a request? No. He's talking about making a command. He didn't request anything of the Father about that tree. He didn't request anything from the tree. He told it what to do. He commanded it what to do. With authority and with boldness. And so he's telling them, you can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. And in verse 22, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer. Now he's talking about another thing. All things you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Now he is talking about making a request. But he's distinguishing saying from praying. Commanding from requesting. Go back to Mark 11, please. Mark 11. And 22, Mark's account of this, he said, Jesus answering and said to them, have faith in God. You have faith in God. Or the margin says, the God kind of faith. He's telling them, you do this. Well, if this was something that only Jesus could do, it shouldn't even be in here. Because there was all kind of things that he did that are not recorded. And it would just be safer than me and you wouldn't be trying to do something that we shouldn't be trying to do. The reason it's here is because it's for our benefit. He wants us stirred. He wants us inspired. He showed us how to do it. And now he's telling us, you do it too. Do what? Command. Somebody say command. 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 Jesus answering them said, have faith in God. Verse 23, for verily I say to you, that whoever will say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Now is that prayer? Is that prayer? No addressing the Father. Is this a request? There's no request here. He's just like Jesus spoke to the uh, fever. He spoke to the tree. He spoke to the wind and waves. This is speaking to the mountain. Who are you talking to? The mountain. And if you will say it and not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say shall come to pass, you will have whatsoever he says. It's not just saying it that makes it happen. Somebody said, well, I said it and it didn't happen. He didn't say it would happen just because you said it. He didn't say everything you say would happen. That's obvious. What do you have to do? You you have to be fully convinced and not doubt. 
and fully expect that what you say happens. So it's not just saying, it's believing and saying. Then he goes on to verse 24, he says, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire. Now see, this is a different thing. Because the mountain represents a big obstacle, a big block. That's something you don't desire. That's something you don't want, something that's in your way. You don't desire it. Well, when you don't desire it, you don't make requests. You make commands. If it's something bad, you don't make any requests. You make commands. If it's something good, that comes from above. You don't give him commands. You make requests. Right? We're talking to God. We don't make demands. You talking to the enemy? You don't make requests. That was worth you coming to the service, right? Right there. I said, if you're talking to God, you don't make any demands. You make requests. You're talking to the enemy? You don't make any requests. You make demands. Depends on who you're talking to or what you're talking to. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, this is prayer, believe you receive them and you shall have them. So there's saying and there's praying. And you don't want to be praying when you should be saying. And you don't want to be saying when you should be praying. Can you see it? Go with me, please. To the book of John. John the 14th chapter. John chapter 14. And we'll begin in verse 8. Philip said to the Lord. Show us the father. And it sufficeth us. Jesus said to him. Have I been so long time with you. And yet have you not known me Philip. He that has seen me. Has seen the Father. You know that's God's will for us today too. That when people see us. They see the Master. And if they see Him. They see the Father. That's exactly the same plan. We are to be living witnesses. That means not just. What you say is a witness. That is part of your witness. But what you are. You you are a witness. 24-7. And uh, he said, uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So how do you say, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Now, I want you to notice this phrase, the works. This is what we've been talking about the whole time. Did Jesus have power manifestations in his life and in his ministry? He called those power manifestations the works. And you'll find this phrase keeps being repeated in this passage. That's what he's talking about here is the works. He's talking about how he did them. 
and he's about to talk about how we do them. So you do not want to snooze through this. Jesus is telling us how he did the works and how we are to do them. How did he do them? He said, I didn't speak of myself. And, and, and he didn't do it of himself. He said, the Father in me, he does the works. If you look at John 5 and 8 and here and other places, Jesus kept on saying, I can do nothing of myself. I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see him do. Um, we actually, the Lord gave, gave me four messages on this part of this back a few weeks ago at Southwest Believers Convention. And those messages are avail- will be available on the website um, if you want to go listen to them, watch them. It's called The Source of Faith. The Source of Faith. And it answers uh, some questions about, have you ever prayed and it didn't happen? Have you ever commanded and it didn't come to pass? Well, why? There are reasons why. And we, got in, we go into detail on that. So let me encourage you. That's, that, that'll be available to you. But that's what he's saying here. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. He is telling us he is completely dependent on his communion with the Father and the Holy Spirit in his life. And he doesn't just say everything that crosses his mind. He doesn't just do anything that presents and makes itself available. He only says what he hears the Father give him to say, and he only does what the Father directs him to do. But because of that, everything he said came to pass, and everything he did worked. And so if we're going to see success in our life, the servant or the student is not above the teacher, not above the master. We'll have to do it. The very same way that he did it. So he said the father who dwells in me. He does the works. Keep reading. Believe me that I'm in the father. And the father in me. Or else believe me for the very works sake. Is he continuing to talk about the works. The works. The works. Which are the power manifestations. Keep going. Verily, verily, I say to you, Jesus said, he that believes on me, the what? The what? The works that I do, shall he do also. Do you believe this, child of God? Do you believe this? See, this is the same thing he told the twelve about that tree. If you have faith and won't doubt, not only can you do this. In other words, he's telling telling them, you can do this too. Most of the church world does not believe what we're talking about right now. They put everything Jesus said and did in a category unattainable to us. They imply or outright say that he did it as God. And that's not what the Bible said. He was and is God. But he emptied himself of his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men and did things as a man, showing us how to do it. Then he told us things like this. If you believe on me, How many would raise a hand and say, I believe on him? I said, how many would lift up a hand and say, 
I believe on the Lord Jesus. So is he talking to you? Then he said to you, the works that I do shall you do also. Do you believe that? Most people don't. I'm looking around. Do you believe that the master told you because you believe on him that the same works he did. He did some works, y'all. Huh? Did he do some works? He did some works. The same works he did, he said, I do, you will do also. And greater works than these. Why? Because if he would have stayed, things would have just kept multiplying, getting bigger and bigger. But he was on a short track to the cross. He just showed us how to do it. Then he paid the price. Then he left. But because we're here for, you know, not just 30 years, we're here for 50 years, 60 years, 80 years, 100 years. And all of us, things should keep going. Things should keep building. And it's not just us doing it. It's him doing it in us. Is that right? Just like what he said about the Father, I should say, you should say, I can of my own self do nothing. But I ain't by myself. I'm not by myself. The greater one is living on the inside of me. The power and authority in the name above all names has been given to me and to you. That authority has been given to us and we should be making some commands. We should be making some commandments. Not just requests, but also some commands. Not of God, but of the enemy. And you see, he, he says exactly how to do it in this next verse. Verse 12, let's read it again. He said, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, He that believes on me, you said you do, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Look at verse 13. And, and, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Now here's where it gets a little confusing. Because this looks like request. But is this prayer? We need to, we need to settle this one. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. He's not talking about asking the Father. He's talking about, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. But this is not a request of the Father. This is not prayer. Read the next verse, verse 14. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. (laughs) Does this seem big to your spirit that the master would tell us this? Hold your place here. Go to the 16th chapter. John 16. He had been talking about the Holy Spirit. And look down in verse... uh, 26, excuse me, um, back up a little bit to verse 23. Verse 23, 
John 16, 23. Read this first phrase with me. In that day, you shall ask me nothing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. I thought he just got through saying. Whatever you ask in my name. In that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Is this prayer? Absolutely prayer. This is prayer. You're you're praying to the Father in Jesus' name. And he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. What does he mean? In that day you shall ask me nothing. He just got through saying in chapter 14. You ask anything in my name. I will do it. Here he's talking about. He will give it to you. These passages are not the same. They are not duplicate. Keep reading. Hitherto up till now. Have you asked nothing. In my name. Ask And you shall receive that your joy may be full. So this is not talking about dealing with bad things. This is talking about getting good things. Things that make you joyful. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. From the Father of lights. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. This is prayer. And if you just read this and chapter 14, you'd think, well, they they contradict each other. No, they don't. No Bible passage contradicts itself. If you think you found one that does, you just found something you don't understand. I assure you. And as soon as you do understand it, you'll go, oh, that's what he's talking about. You have to look at the word ask. The word ask here, if you look it up, the Greek word is translated there. One definition is to demand. Did you hear that? To demand. Now, don't say it always means demand because that wouldn't be true either. This word appears a lot of times in the New Testament. You have to look at the context to see which way it's being used. Listen to uh, Luke 22, excuse me, 23 and 23. Luke 23, you don't have to turn there, but they'll put it on the screen. Luke 23, 23. It said they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. That word requiring is the same word that's translated, if you ask anything in my name. Same word. So you could say, if you require anything in my name. And the NIV says it like this, with loud shouts, they instantly demanded that he be crucified. That word demand, that's the same word that's in in John 14. That says, if you demand anything in my name, I will do it. Same word. Don't don't take my word for it. Look it up. And verse 24 says, so Pilate decided to grant their demand. 
Is there a difference between a demand and a request? Oh, yeah. In 1 Corinthians 1.22, 1 Corinthians 1.22, it said the Jews require a sign. That word require, same word, translated in, in John 14, ask. So you're doing no damage or harm to the text to translate it consistently with other places in the same New Testament. Go back and read John 14 now with me. And let's read it that way. John 14. And 12. Verse 12. Verily, verily, I say to you. He that believes on me the works that I do. Is Jesus talking about prayer? No. He's talking about doing the works. That's the context. The works I do, he'll do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And then he tells us how to do the works, how we will do the same works he did. Whatsoever you shall demand. Come on, can you see this? That's the same word I said was translated demand or require in those other passages. Whatever you will demand in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glory. You're not demanding of the Son. You're not demanding of the Father. You're demanding of the situation. That's how you do the works. Is that how Jesus did the works? That's exactly how he did them. He made commands. He made demands. Verse 14. He said it again. If you shall ask. That same word translated require or demand. If you demand anything. In my name, I will do it. Lou and Nida, the authorities on Greek language, says that includes to the point of demanding. Ketel, their authority on the language, they said it has one of the senses is to demand. To demand. Then it makes sense when you read John 14 and he says, in that day you'll ask me nothing. Well, he's not talking about this. He's not talking about doing the works. He's talking about prayer. Consistent with Mark 11. Consistent with Matthew 21. There's a time to pray and there's a time to command. Can you see that? And do we see these kind of things happening in the book of Acts, were there times when the apostles and prophets and different ones made demands of situations? Did they speak to things? Yes. And they did it in that name. I said in that name. And power was manifested. Can you say glory to God? How did Jesus do the works that he did? How did he experience these manifestations of power? He spoke Faith commands, not just something off the top of his head, but he spoke commands that the Father gave him. And when he did, when he uttered them, that's when the power manifested. And he's telling us, you are to do the same kind of things. Hallelujah. The same things I did, and here's how you're going to do it. You're going to demand in my name, and I'm going to back you up. Whoo! This is how you get miracles. This is how you have power manifestations. 
Yes, in services, but in your life, at your home, at your house, in your bedroom, in your car. Right? There will be times when things will come up in you and you'll be prompted to speak. And when you do, it will not be a prayer. You're not talking to the Father and you're not making, certainly not making a request of the enemy. You command it to stop, to change. And Jesus said, I will do it. Whew. How many believe you could count on the word of the Lord? Have you, how, what did he say? I will do it. I will do it. Whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. I will do it. The head of the church said, I will do it. Now we need to touch on this. Because people have said things and it didn't happen. Does that do away with the word of God? No, it doesn't. I'll mention two big reasons why people would say something and it wouldn't happen. One, we've already noticed it in Mark 11, 23. What did he say? If you'll say, and what? Not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said come to pass. That happens a lot. People say it, but they don't really believe it. They're not really convinced. Can you get convinced? You can. Don't quit. Don't give up. Seek the Lord about it. People have said things they didn't believe. They said things they weren't convinced of. They really did not expect it to happen. They were trying something. And the Lord had told us, no, don't doubt. You got to believe it. But secondly... People sometimes try to exercise authority that's not theirs, beyond their scope of influence. Go with me to the book of Acts, and uh, Acts 27, and notice this. Acts 27 and 9. When time was much spent... When sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already passed, Paul admonished them and said, Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken of by Paul. Now, do you know what happened with the rest of the story here? They didn't listen to him. They launched. Everything seemed like it was going good, and then they hit the storm. And they were caught up in the storm, and the Bible said it got to a place where all hope that they should be saved was lost. Why didn't Paul command that storm to cease? Why didn't he? First of all, we got to back up. Would Jesus have commanded the storm to cease? (laughs) Only if he heard the Father. Come on, y'all with me? Only if he heard the Father in his spirit. Why? Because he said, I can't do anything of myself. I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I see him do. 
Well, why wouldn't he do that? Not his boat. Not his decisions. Not his boat. See, we, we talked about this last couple of weeks. Your words carry more weight in your life than anybody else's. They carry more weight than mine. They carry more weight than anybody around you. God himself will let your words win out in his life instead of his. If that's what you choose to speak. Now that's a giant statement. But we've studied it. We saw it. You remember with the children of Israel that he delivered out of Egypt. And at one point after ten different times of them refusing to say what he said and believe what he said. He said I'm going to do exactly what you said. Your words. Well that wasn't his will. That wasn't God's plan. But their words won out. And so if you're saying something over another adult person and they're saying something else, guess what's going to happen? Not what you said. What they said. And we don't have authority over everybody everywhere in the world and all of their stuff. We have authority over our stuff. We have authority in our life. Come on, can you see this? And so people have tried to speak and make commands, but it was beyond the scope of their own authority. And so at this point, verse 21, verse 21, after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, and the first thing he said is what? Sirs, you should listen to me. Is that right? Now here, if they had listened to him. Now, oh man, there's so much revelation here. Would you say that them going through this storm was the will of God? Yeah, but it got recorded in the Bible. Read the rest of this. What would have happened if they had listened? And not have loosed from Crete and have gained this harm and loss. Is he saying they would not have experienced this harm and loss if they had listened to him? which was listening to God, because he didn't say that of himself. He got that in his spirit. So much so, he went to them and told them. But they thought he's just a wide-eyed preacher. He don't know. He's not a sailor. He's not a weatherman. And didn't realize, in ignoring him, they ignored God. And plunged right on into it. Well, then, the ship wasn't saved. The... uh, Cargo wasn't saved, and their lives would have been lost too, except for the mercy of God. Right? While he was in the hull of that ship praying, an angel showed up and basically told him, God's heard your prayer, and he's given you everybody that's with you. They should have been glad that preacher was on that boat. But that's why he didn't just get up and rebuke it. Now, there were other times he exercised authority. He made commands. He, he made demands in the name of Jesus. But here's, can you see these two big reasons we're talking about why people have said stuff and it didn't come to pass? One, they said it, but they didn't really believe it. Two, they said it, but it was outside the scope of their authority. They're trying to make things happen for somebody else contrary to the things that they're saying. And that's not going to happen. If God's not going to make force his words off on somebody, he's not going to force your words off on somebody. But it's still true that Jesus said, if you believe on me, 
the works I did, you'll do too. And whatever you demand in my name, I will do it. Oh, friend, there ought to be times all along in our life that something bad's going on and we, we're checking our heart, we're checking our heart, and the Spirit of God prompts us, say this. Hallelujah. And we stand, we command that thing to stop. We command it, rebuke it. And when you do it, Jesus said, I will do it. I, oh, hallelujah. Whatever you require and command in my name, I will do it. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you want to know more about some of these things that we're talking about, like I said, there are four messages that we ministered there in that great conference in uh, Fort Worth. And those messages will be on our website. If they're not on there today, they'll be on there tomorrow. (laughs) But uh, I believe it'd be worth your time. I want us to say some things right now. I believe we're prompted of the Lord. So close your eyes, put your hands on your, uh, your body somewhere. And I want you to say it out loud. I call my body, call my body. Healed, healed and strong, and strong. Healthy, healthy and able. And able. Immune, system, Immune system, I speak to you. Be very strong, strong. robust, Robust. and strong. strong. Blood, Blood. be cleansed. cleansed. Nervous system, system. be restored. restored. Brain, Brain. be restored. Be Be healed healed. and function fully fully. and normally. normally. All of my organs... Kidneys, Kidneys, heart, heart, lungs, lungs, liver, liver, intestines, intestines, stomach, stomach, glands, glands, be healthy, be be restored, be be cleansed, be renewed renewed. in Jesus' name. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Every part, bones and joints, every part, be loosed, be released, be healed, be restored, be cleansed, be made alive, be healthy, and serve me well my whole life long. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There are some things going on right now. Put your hands up. Put your, There are some things going on right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Actually, some folks need to keep their hands where they were. <laughs> My mistake. Put your hands back where they were. Something's going on. Things are going on. Healing is going on right now in the body in the brain, in the internal organs, in the blood. Say it out loud, I receive it. I, I receive healing anointing. I receive the life of God. I receive, I receive 
I receive. Restoration is ongoing in my body, in my life. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. I receive it. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.